Good day, good day, Doc Spacers. You're listening to the Doc Space Startup School Podcast. Starting a medical practice may seem like a dinosaur of an idea, but with the advancements of technology and the remote flexibility of care management, it's never been easier. Hi, I'm Dr. Mario Amaro. I'm a United States Navy veteran, a medical physician, and a health tech founder on a new mission to help clinicians rediscover their autonomy and bring back private medical practice. DocSpace Startup School is a virtual course that's built and designed to help clinicians navigate the medical practice formation process. In this podcast, we will interview some of the industry's leading experts in health law, design, marketing, finance, and tons of other exciting topics to help you better prepare to start and manage a successful medical practice. Welcome to the DocSpace crew. Hello, everybody. Our guest today is Isai Cortez. He is the founder of SyncBooks, a bookkeeping automation software startup that's based out of Los Angeles, California. Isai is an expert tax attorney, helping his clients maintain their business accounting and bookkeeping to prevent them from receiving those dreadful IRS audits. So, hey, everyone. Uh, welcome back to another DocSpace Startup School episode. Today, we're going to be talking with Isai Cortez. He is a founder at SyncBooks, which is a bookkeeping software that helps you better manage your accounting. So, Asai is going to be uh, introducing himself and telling us a little bit about what they're doing at SyncBooks. Asai, please introduce yourself. Uh, my name is uh, Isai Bismarck-Cortez. I am a tax attorney. Um, I am also the founder of SyncBooks, and I'm also an adjunct professor at Pepperdine uh, School of Law. Perfect. Thanks, Side and Isai. Let me make sure I'm saying this, you know, correctly. You know, that's really important when you're introducing people and when you're saying someone for the first time. You know, you you pronunciate their their name right. I, I'm trying to definitely get better at doing that. You know, uh, but Isai, you know, w- w- one of the things that I as a physician myself and working and managing different companies and you know also doctors that. Uh, manage your own business in the end of the year it's taxes man how do i get through taxes how do we go ahead and manage taxes are we doing it correctly how much are we going to pay are we going to have to owe there's so many questions that come up and tell us a little bit about your experience working with doctors okay so uh uh so my experience working with anybody with any profession is basically audits right so i'm a tax lawyer so people will hire me when they get audited so your your practice got audited or you're, you're you know, part of a partnership and you got audited, uh, your K-1s or whatever you're doing, that's sort of what I do. So basically what ends up happening is that you have, uh, like, let's say a practice that made like $3 million, but, you know, um, somewhere in the books, it shows that they really received like $3.5 million. So where's that $500,000 discrepancy, right? And so what I do is basically I go through all your books and that's where this idea for sync books came from is because as I start going through people's books, I start finding common errors, errors and errors. And it could be one little thing that you kind of like are just like, you know, we'll figure it out later. And it snowballs into some big, uh, big controversy, meaning like, you know, we kept sweeping this under the rug and now we're like half a million short on, on reporting and we're, and, you know, we're potentially committing crimes, right? By underreporting our income and doing stuff like that. So a big deal or a big part of my job is compliance. Um, but it starts first with cleaning up the mess. So that way, you know, uh, we have good, out, good inputs and good outputs is essentially what we're trying to do. Yeah. When you talk about compliance and, you know, maintaining your books, what is one of the things that you notice that a lot of people make the biggest mistake on and, and, and maintenance? <laughs> 
I've seen doctors and other kind of professionals where they just do it themselves. They don't value having like a bookkeeper or a CPA, you know, at, at the bare minimum, they should have somebody with some kind of a license. And the analogy I always use is like, like, look, I have a Ford Explorer and, and, and I love my Ford Explorer. You know, it's a stock model. I take my Ford Explorer to Pep Boys, no issues. But if I had a Lamborghini, I wouldn't take the Lamborghini to Pep Boys. So if you have a practice that's bringing in a ton of money, you want to take it to someone who knows how to manage fiscally uh, uh, um, your practice because uh, you don't want somebody who doesn't know what they're doing start messing with the numbers and create some kind of an issue. So for me, it's like, if that's not what you do. You're a doctor, go do doctor stuff and let somebody else manage it and just be willing to pay for somebody to help you with compliance. Yeah, no, I totally get that analogy because that is a lot of references that we can use as far as medicine. It, it, it definitely goes many ways. You know, you're, when, when we're talking about that maintenance or paying someone to be able to maintain our, you know, our bookkeeping and our accounting month to month, pricing is an issue. You know, we know right. that some doctors think about upfront, oh man, how much is it going to cost me, you know, now, but then, you know, from your perspective, you're like, well, the now is better than the later that potentially yeah, could be true. like, you know, 10 X because you yeah. made a mistake or you weren't doing right. it correctly, or you went to that pet voice, you know, when, yeah. with your Lamborghini and this is the <laughs> outcome, right? Now you're having to yeah. purchase another Lamborghini. So that, yeah. that's kind of one of those things is like, how much is the pricing? What should you expect? You know, and we can get into a little bit about sync books, you know, later, but let's, let's just first talk about the basics. You know, what can you expect when you're looking at hiring someone to help you manage your bookkeeping? Yeah, I think, you know, um, it, 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 I would say in, in a few couple, it depends on how much you make, right? So if you have a full fledged practice making like a little bit over a million a year, you know, you should expect to pay a couple hundred dollars a month for something like that. For somebody to be overseeing your books, I mean, you and, and and depending on how much work it takes, you might even have a full time accountant on staff, right? Like uh, doing the, doing like the insurance and collecting and making sure the payments are going to the right place. But if you're side gigging, making maybe under half a mil a year for for you know, I've seen professionals that side gig and still make you know three four hundred k. You know, you should have somebody that you pay couple hundred dollars a month, you know, on the lower end, maybe two, 300 bucks a month to manage and oversee the transactions and stuff like that. Um, if you're side gigging under a hundred K a year, you could probably find somebody for a hundred dollars a month to do your bookkeeping and just basically make sure that you have all the filings, all the estimated tax payments and all that stuff. Um, it, it's probably, you'll find someone reasonable, you know, that that's something that's very doable. Isai, I have a question regarding what professional to use. You know, there's a lot of information out there. Do I hire a tax attorney? Do I, oh. I need to find a CPA? Do I yeah. need to someone who understands finance? You know, my okay. cousin understands finance. So oh, I hire my man. cousin. You know, oh like uh, who, who, oh. who is the professional? Okay. Okay. So you guys are, uh, you're going, you're basing this on TurboTax where everybody's tax people, right? That's, that's the new commercial, right? But guess what I do for a living? My whole job, my whole career for the last eight years is like basically uh, helping people that screw up and even helping those that told people they knew what they were doing uh, that screwed up, right? So imagine if someone has like as a doctor, someone has some kind of like illness and the guy's like, well, moving forward, I'm only going to eat chicken and broccoli. And you're like, yeah, but you got to do all these procedures if you want to have a longer life. But yeah, but I'm only going to eat chicken and broccoli now from, from, from today on. And you're like, okay, cool. But like you got this serious medical condition first we need to take care of so you can live long enough to continue to eat broccoli and chicken, right? That's a very common thing that happens with people where they're just like, 
you know, who do I hire? So I'm going to give you a spectrum of where, um, the, the kind of people that I require. Okay. So then you have, you have someone who's not licensed, who has maybe a certificate from, uh, from your state that says I can prepare taxes. That's the beginning. That's at the minimum you're making like 30, 40 K a year. That's the minimum you should have, right? Something like that. Let's say you are on a different spectrum and now you're like generating a little bit more revenue and you want someone to oversee your doing what you're doing. You may want to have something that's called an enrolled agent, right? An enrolled agent at the bare minimum passed a couple of exams from, from the IRS. And I don't want to like say anything bad about enrolled agents. Like I don't ever want to make like even sound pompous or anything like that, but you know, an enrolled agent, you just, you take these exams and then you get to be an enrolled agent. You know, it's like, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's just, that's what you do. Okay. Then you have a CPA. CPA is an accountant, right? It's a certified public accountant. The tricky part and CPAs would agree with me is that this is a shady part in from all 50 States is that you can just say you're an accountant and people think, Oh, you're a CPA. No, Anybody, I, you can just, you know, write accountant on a piece of paper and hang it up outside your door and you're an accountant and people are like, oh, he's a CPA. Okay, I'm an accountant. Sure, right? That's very different. A CPA is a licensed person. They took all four parts of the CPA exam and they're licensed. That is, for me, like a, on par with a tax lawyer in, in, in many in many ways, right? If you're going to get somebody, like that's the best compliance I think you can get is a CPA. Then you have a tax lawyer. Those are two there, even though we're both licensed and I, and I always say you go with one, like accountants know how to do accounting, but lawyers, we know how to litigate, right? We are, uh, uh adversarial, uh, um, uh, that, that is our, so that is basically what we do. We're like, you know, we work in an adversarial system. Um, if you just need accounting CPA, right, it's going to cost you more, but you're licensed and they have insurance. And so you won't have any issues. If, if the, 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 the tax accountant can come for planning, or if you get in trouble, right? And there's some tax attorneys that do compliance as well. But that's sort of the spectrum of professionals um, that you should look out for. At the bare minimum, I think every doctor should have an enrolled agent overseeing their stuff. Because at least there's some kind of credentials that they have that are basically they had to sit down for an exam. And, you know, the IRS has some oversight over them. So at the bare minimum, that's what someone should have. No, that's it's excellent advice because again, that's the question. That is the question they're going to ask. Who do I need? Who do I need to hire because they can get it done? Who do I need to yeah. hire so I don't have to worry about it? Who do I need to hire so that it's done correctly? Yeah. You know, and a lot of these questions coincidentally fit exactly into medicine because that's how the patients say. Who yeah. do I need yeah. to hire that's going to get this yeah. done? Who do I need to hire that's going to get it done correctly? You yeah. know, and so you know, we it's totally relatable, and and especially what you mentioned about the enrolled agent, the you know CPA, uh, the tax attorney, the variance between all three of those different entities, and yeah. how they apply between certification and training. Um, there is a lot of similarities there with doctors and what's happening right now with nurse practitioners and PAs. And, yep. and you know, a lot of people are kind of up in arms of you know, questioning one another who has better authority, who has, or, or not necessarily better, but who has the authority to associate themselves as you know, doctor. And then, but that doctor doesn't necessarily mean medical school, even though you know, some people, most people associate doctor with medicine yep. right with yep. because there's sons there's tons there's doctors that are phds you know yep. there's doctors there are different variants you know so I, I i see what you're talking about it's all about context right where are yep. you at if you're if you're listing yourself as doctor and you're a phd and you're in a medical space 
then there's going to be some confusion. But if yeah. you're in, you know, uh, an academic, you know, institution and you're called yourself doctor, that could be anything, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, so yeah. it changes, you know, it's, it's all about where you're at and the context associated with there. So I totally yeah. understand what you're saying. Um, so let's, let's dive into SyncBooks a little bit. Let's talk about, yeah. you know, the, the software, the bookkeeping software that you founded and uh, let us know how we're able to help doctors using the SyncBook software. Okay. So uh, the, the main reason I created SyncBooks was basically because as a tax lawyer, I kept seeing the same problem. So even if somebody was using one of the other like more popular softwares, like there was always this kind of issue where I would ask the bookkeeper, hey, bookkeeper, I see here you have $500,000 of cost of goods sold. And on the tax return, it says $800,000. So can you just show me the discrepancy? And the bookkeeper would say, I don't know. Uh, ask the doctor. I say, hey, doctor, uh, there's a 300K discrepancy. He would say, I don't know ask the bookkeeper, then the bookkeeper would disappear, right? Like, because I would, you know, I, I would start asking really nuanced questions that the bookkeeper knew they kind of screwed up, you know? Um, they knew that they made a big mistake, you know? And so um, what I said is, you know what? I'm gonna sort of like, uh, uh, sort of redo this. So in my practice, when I would give my record keeping to the government, the government would, you know, they would just be like, wow, Eastside, this is really good work. Like, this totally makes sense. And so like, my audits went from taking months to taking weeks to taking days, you know, because I've done all the work ahead of time. And so what I started doing is basically what I did is I fragmented the way um, your tax return should be done. So instead of starting at a general ledger like everyone else, I started what, at your tax return. So what I did is I reverse engineered, start, reverse engineered it, started at your tax return and, and started fragmenting all the expenses. So basically... When, when I'm done with your bookkeeping or when I'm done cleaning up your mess, then you're also done with a version of your tax return, right? That's something that just doesn't exist, even though intuitively people think like, okay, awesome. I, here's my P&L. Okay, cool. Now you got to pay me $1,000 to put it on the tax return, right? That's the way the system works right now. So I said, that kind of doesn't make any sense, you know, because like, isn't the whole objective of doing bookkeeping to get to the tax end? And not if you're an accountant, an accountant does like accounting, you know? And so they think of it maybe a little bit differently, but here's what I've learned. Between the customer and the IRS, they care about three things. How much money did you make? Uh, where did your money go? And how much do you owe? That's it. If I start talking to my client about like ledgers and entries and they're just like, I don't care. I don't care about that. They just wanna know what's the final number, right? IRS too, IRS is like, what's the final number? We just wanna know. like. And how much do they owe? And then substantiate your, your backup, right? So all that was to say, okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to recreate the way bookkeeping is, is done, right? And, and so if you're under $5 million, you don't need what's called gap accounting. What everybody uses right now is called gap accounting. And that's sort of uh, uh, the uh, uh, accounting principles that are used, you know, uh, uh, throughout uh, the U.S. But if it's under $5 million, you don't need it. You know, uh, all you need is like the internal revenue code just says you need books and records. That's it. That's all it says. And so what I did is I said, okay, so depending on like, let's say, so let's say you're a doctor, you know, uh, you're a doctor and you're going to do some side, side work. And so you're like, I'm not going to incorporate right now. I'm just going to do it on my own as a side gig. So you would sign up on SyncBooks, you would select sole proprietor, and then you would um, put that you're a doctor, right? So you're going through the uh, onboarding and then you would link your bank account. And then on the dashboard, you would have the options only to select what your tax return is going to be at the end. So throughout the year, whether you're doing your bookkeeping or someone else is doing your bookkeeping, you're actually slowly doing your tax return. That's something that no software does. 
So at the end of the year, when you're done with your bookkeeping, you're actually done with a preview of your tax return. And that sort of starts to give you an idea of what your numbers are going to be where you're like, holy crap, I made like $100,000 and I have like 5K in expenses. I'm going to make $95,000 profit. I better have an idea of how much I'm going to pay in taxes on that. You know what I mean? So that way you're sort of looking at it like, because you don't want to be at the end of the year as you made 95K after spending 5K and you don't have the money to pay the IRS. And now you're like, great. Now you're a doctor making a bunch of money that owes the IRS. Like who wants to be that person? Instead, you want to have an idea like, holy cow, I better start saving a little bit of that money away um, and, and paying this. Because I have seen a lot of doctors, unfortunately, that owe a ton of money. They make a bunch of money. They spend it. You know what I mean? And I've seen people that make up to a million a year. At the end of the year, they're actually broker than they were before because they also took out credit. You know, And then you don't want to be on that boat. You want to have some foresight. For me, I'd rather you come into my office and you say, oh, I totally knew what I did. I knew what I was doing and I, I'm in trouble for it. Versus you saying like, I had no idea. Well, I wish you would have had an idea. Then maybe you would have acted a little bit different, you know? No, yeah, I, I can see where that becomes a problem, especially with now doctors that have multiple businesses, you know, yeah. or maybe investing in one area, you know, not necessarily associated to their medical practice, or they are, you know, involved in some other entity somewhere else that maybe is just a kind of an urgent care clinic and they have a different practice that they're employed. You know, I can, there's a lot of different side gigging that's you know, diversifying, I guess you can say, the portfolios. That makes yeah. sense from a business perspective. Um, I, I totally, you know, wish I was in a, a position I can do that right now, you know, because it, right. from being able to, you know, earn, you know, your own, um, you know, or to earn more money and stuff like that, that's definitely a, the way to go about it. But, you know, I, I'm curious to know how that applies for doctors who are side gigging that may be side gigging from like home, right? So uh, I'm a doctor, I'm interested in looking, uh, you know, make an account with SyncBooks sure. and I work from home currently right now, all my business stuff that I use to access my working from home, you know, through my side gig, they're on my personal account. You know, I'm, I'm on my personal laptop to be able to make it happen. I'm on my personal Wi-Fi network to make it happen. I'm sitting in my home to make it happen. Right. Sure. But I'm side gigging on top of that. If I'm using SyncBooks and it's just tracking my, my every single expense in expense out through that specific account, how am I able to apply those personal expenses that I manage every day to continue operating that side gig? Like, how does that apply? How will SyncBooks know that that's relevant? Yeah, so we actually do have some AI in the, in the SyncBooks too that recognizes personal expenses and we back it out. But you and I had this conversation before, separate accounts, separate accounts, separate accounts. I cannot stress that enough for your own like, for, like if you have one side gig where you make like 5k a year fine who cares you know that's not a big deal but like my experience has been with doctors or even other professionals when they start side gigging we're talking like 30 40 50 60k easily starts to just be be a lot so you don't want to go fishing through your bank account for something that could have been easily done with opening up a separate bank account and and yes it kind of sucks and it can be a little bit of a pain in the butt but you will need that to, and I'm telling you guys, because I deal in the audit world where the government's like, hey, you have 400K that came through your bank account. We're going to say that oh, all that 400K is income. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Only 70 is income. The other 330 were like transfers for myself. Like, do you want to go through that? I don't want to go through that. Why would you want to go through that? Just open up a separate account, take you 15 minutes with your, with your own bank. And then you have, 
you know, John's account. And now you have John Dr. DBA account. And then just work from that one when you do all your business, you know? So let's say I'm a doctor that just opened up their practice or, you know, I've been psychicing for a while. I hear about sync books. It's mid year. Mm-hmm. I had my personal account. I listened to this podcast. I, I take your advice. I set up a, a separate account. How would I be able to manage the half of the year where I was using and operating my business with my personal? So there's two ways you could do it. So one is you can just link both accounts and then just stop. Then you just disconnect after you just stop continuing with that account. And then with the new account, you just move it forward with my software. You can go back two years. So if you wanted to do 19, depending on who you bank with, you can even do 19. If you just sign up now, you know, it's, it's very, it's very doable. So, um, uh, you know, and for anybody who signs up for my software, like I will personally onboard you myself just so you can sort of get an idea of what to do. And I'm happy to help, you know? So that's one part. And I think this is what we talked about also before is like, if you don't want to do the bookkeeping, which I've learned a lot of people don't want to do it, they want to have a system, but they don't want to do it. You can also hire us to do the bookkeeping for you. And then we'll just take a look at your account and then give you an idea of what we would charge for that. It just depends on transactions and stuff like that. But if you're like, I don't care how easy SyncBooks is. Like, I just want to do doctor work. I will pay you to do it. There's always somebody who's willing to do something like that, you know? Yeah. And it's something that we definitely talked about because I feel like more doctors who are listening to this podcast, who are interested in starting their practice, they're probably not going to have that big of a book of business, right? Their, their sure. revenue coming in, it's not going to be that much. They're ba- barely establishing their practice, um, you know, onboarding and, and acquiring patients. So they will not necessarily have a lot of revenue in, right? It'll probably yeah. be more expenses going out. And, sure. and so we adding an additional payment per month is can sometimes can be hard. Even yeah. if it makes sense yeah. in the long term, because, you know, I think we're all aware, they're educated enough to know that, you know, taxes, you need to prepare yourself, but sometimes the money is just not there to be able to pay someone, yeah. right? And so sure. they rather accumulate, you know, at the end of the year, they may earn some money uh, to be able to pay someone at the end of the year. You know, that's kind of the, the traditional way. But, you know, I, yeah. I totally understand if it's month to month, you're you're slowly preparing yourself, putting it aside, yeah. putting it aside, someone's managing it at the end of the year when you file it, it's a lot easier. So that means the bill is going to be a lot less. Right? Yeah. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, talk about a little bit what the cost is. What, do you, what are you seeing? How can you kind of better improve doctors who are starting their practice to kind of really start managing their software this way or managing their accounting this way? Right. So the SyncBooks is straightforward. 120 for the year or 15 bucks a month, you know? So it's, it's really, it's probably cheaper than almost all the softwares that are out there right now. And, um, I will onboard you and I will show you how to do it yourself. And then if you have any questions, you're always, you, I mean, at the moment, it's like, it's, it's not, it's, I don't have so many clients where that's not feasible, you know? And then we always have someone on staff, your accountants that, that can help you as well. But you know, um, it's, 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 I mean, I don't even know how to say it's very straightforward, you know? And so if you wanted to go into another level of hiring us, you know, depending on how much it is, we should have said, you know, it'd be really low. But when you hire us and you, we charge you a monthly rate, that includes your tax return at the end of the year as well. So if you're paying a fee, there's no additional fee at the end of the year. It's like, hey, you paid your fee. End of the year, there's no, give me a thousand dollars. It's more like, hey, cool. We're just going to finish from here, you know? 
No, I, I like that because it makes it straightforward. There's no mm-hmm. surprise bill, that surprise invoice. Yeah, you know, exactly. we all get it. Exactly. We've all yep. received it. Um, yep. You know, you, you, you attorneys are, are very, we, we know you. You, you love yep. doing that to you. Oh, hear. yeah. I love sending bills all the time. <laughs> That's my favorite day. That's my favorite day. Exactly. Sending the bills, it, but the better is when I collect the money. Yeah, no, and and uh, from the other side, from from the client's perspective, oh man, I dread it. I dread it because yeah. you know you, it's yeah. like a if you're if they're booking by the hour, you're like man, how many how many hours did they actually charge me for? You know, yeah, and so that yeah. that's horrible to sometimes receive. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I, this has been really good. I, I think that this we should definitely schedule a different you know episode or a webinar in the startup school where we're able to start showing people what the platform looks like, how to onboard, yep. and you've already talked about. You personally help them on board, which I think is amazing because you know we're, we're we're very high touch and hands on with with onboarding for our own software. And I, yeah. I appreciate you know founders that take the time to walk people through it. Uh, yeah. So let's let's definitely schedule that so people who are listening they have the opportunity to go ahead and you know in the course itself see you know you do that do a quick demo but uh again man this has been excellent i I really appreciate your time i appreciate everything that you're able to provide i I love what syncbooks is doing and and i hope that we're able to just you know have some people on board and and help start managing their accounts and being better prepared for their business awesome sounds good thank you thank you for listening to the docspace startup school podcast Please check us out at startupschool.mydocspace.com for more video lectures and product demos. And don't forget to join the DocSpace Startup School community to engage with other clinicians going through their journey of starting a medical practice.